After my cancer diagnosis at the age of 32, my mom and I talked a lot about the shock of that diagnosis. Given several doctors told us you're too young to have endometrial cancer. After much discussion, we began to feel driven to inform and help educate other young women about what symptoms they should be concerned. Having both been teachers, it seemed natural for us to look for a way to share Alex's cancer journey in order to help other young women avoid such a shocking diagnosis or possibly navigate a similar path. A podcast seemed the best way to get the word out, and that's how Down There Aware was born. Four years later, our mother-daughter duo has gone from educating and informing to advocacy and action with a fresh and sometimes very interesting and somewhat humorous multi-generational perspective. We look forward to sharing with you season four as we advocate, take action, and make it a priority to always be Down There Aware. Welcome back to another episode of Down There Aware, episode two of season four. We're back on video. Hopefully this time it'll last the entire episode and not cut off. We, we're learning. We're learning. And that's all we can do. Lifelong learners. We try. So <laughs> <laughs> last week we told you a little bit about what was going on and, and everything. And this week we are hitting the ground running with what we have planned. And so I think we, uh, we have a decent idea of what we're going to be doing moving forward and how, uh, we can, what we can ask y'all to help us with and, uh, how we want to structure our advocacy moving forward. Well, and we've been um, encouraged and inspired by some things that are going on in the UK, and that specifically is what we want to talk about first. Um, I'm going to refer to my notes because I want to get information correct. But there was a woman in uh, London, her name is Deborah James, and in um, 2016, she was diagnosed with stage four bowel cancer at the age of 35. Mm. Um, she had complained about some symptoms, but sort of got passed off um, because she was so young. And eventually they found a tumor and um, staged her at four. Uh, so she kind of went headstrong into um trying to take action. She started a podcast. She wrote some books. She um, really worked at advocacy to try to destigmatize talking about bowel cancer. I mean, who wants to talk about that part of your anatomy yeah. and what happens in that part of your anatomy? And, you know, um, there is a stigma. And so she really worked at um, destigmatizing it. And she did a lot of fundraising as well, which uh, that money has turned in, um, ha has benefited a lot of research for um, treatment and cures for bowel cancer. Well, she um, inspired a woman named Kara Huff or Hoof. Um, who was also diagnosed with bowel cancer, stage four. She was 32. Um, and so I imagine 
that really hit home with her. And she had been hearing about this woman, Deborah, who had done so much and learned a lot from her. And because of that, she was encouraged to go to her employer, which just happened to be a toilet paper manufacturer. And the irony. Yeah, really. Well, and how awesome, because uh, that manufacturer is um, Marks and Spencer, M&S in London. And they they do a lot more than uh, toilet paper. But yeah, but that's one thing they do. And um, one thing I got out of this that really impressed me as much as anything else is they implemented a program called Straight to Stewart. And um, Stuart is the name of their CEO. And he encouraged colleague suggestions for people to come straight to him and make suggestions about all kinds of things. And so she was inspired by Deborah James to go through this straight to Stuart process and make the suggestion that their company put... um, verbiage on toilet paper products that warned people about bowel cancer, the symptoms, the signs to look for. And um, they have a QR code that connects them to various um, more information. The company actually partnered with a nonprofit, Bowel Cancer UK, and um uh, another nonprofit, You for Cancer, both of those work toward informing people and um, helping them through once they're diagnosed. So the bottom line is because of these two women um, being inspired and taking action, there now is, uh, I'm, I'm searching for the word, uh, a movement? No, um, about what the material, what's on the package, the writing, label? the label. I guess it's a label. The label. A label on the packaging that is very specific to bowel cancer, um, what to look for, and then a QR code to go find out more information. Because we all know when you're sitting on the toilet. you need something to read sometimes or you get bored. I mean, I used to read shampoo bottles or if you're eating your cereal in the morning, you read the back of the cereal box. And, you know, so what a perfect place. It breaks down all of the barriers. Not eating your cereal while you're on the toilet. No, that was just an example of reading something while you were doing another activity in a different room of the house after you have washed your hands. Thanks for that visual, mama. Um, But yeah, so it... It breaks down barriers of if you are feeling kind of weird or you have symptoms, but you don't want to see a doctor, you don't know which doctor to see, you don't know about the insurance, you don't know if you need a referral. And you, you don't, don't know if it's normal. Just right. It could happens. just, and you don't want to talk to your friends about it because that's not attractive, yeah. you know? So, so what do you do? Well, it's right there. And I would believe that almost everybody, if not everybody uses toilet paper. So So we were inspired and encouraged by the movement in uh, the UK to, I know you're going to say something about me saying the word movement. No, (laughs) actually, no, I wasn't going to say anything that disparaging, but I was just going to say we skipped a step. Oh, sorry. So it's fine. So that's kind of the origin story and how I found out about that 
is because I found um, a woman. Her name's Dafina. Her Instagram is Check Me Up UK, and she was inspired by those women who got all of that on the MS, uh, MS packaging for their toilet paper about bowel cancer. She has been, was diagnosed at the age of 35 with uh, stage two, they call it womb cancer. It's endometrial cancer in the UK. Um, and it had spread to her ovaries. She had a whole, a total hysterectomy went into early menopause. All, we know that story all too well. And, um, so she was inspired to have the same kind of package labeling, but for endometrial cancer and gynecologic cancers. And have it on feminine hygiene products. Yeah. Um, and so that, and she is doing a lot of work and, um, I don't want to misspeak because clearly I'm a U.S. citizen and I do not understand the politics of the UK in an intimate way or anything like that. But she's working with um, Parliament and members of Parliament to actually make changes to the requirements or access that women have to well women visits every year. Um, How I understand it is that um, there's cervical screenings that are available for women in the UK at a certain interval. But beyond that, they get a swab done and they're done. There's no pelvic exam. There's no internal or external exam. Um, your GP, her GP, um, dismissed her symptoms as she needed to, um, she was bloated and she was probably gluten intolerant and she needed to eat Activia Mm. because that is the solution. (laughs) You need, you need to eat Activia yogurt, but we digress. (laughs) Well, that was the whole, I mean, that was the whole Listic picture. Mom thinks I talk too much. <laughs> no, I don't. I just want to get back to what our next effort is. Yes, th- those were our inspirations. And now, <laughs> drum roll. Oh, it's me. It's you. <laughs> um, we want, we love the idea of putting, uh, information about gynecologic cancers on feminine hygiene products. And so we have mom has drafted a letter to Procter and Gamble because in the U S Procter and Gamble is the number one producer of feminine hygiene products. Um, they own Tampax. They, um, own the largest tampon factory in the U S. Um, it's in Maine, I believe. And so, uh, mom's drafted a letter that we are going to send their way to, ask that they open up and, and think about putting some information on their packaging. You know, it's a, I, I always walk a fine line of not wanting to scare people because the symptoms are so common it, for mm-hmm. other, they, they're um, also for other conditions, right. That aren't as serious as cancer. So heavy bleeding could also be a hormonal imbalance or endometriosis or, fibroids or all kinds of things. Um, cramps. Okay. A lot of women get cramps, but are they really, really bad? Are they not so bad? Um, so I don't want to scare people, but I do think that people are not informed. I was not informed. I did not know that at the age of 32, you could be diagnosed with endometrial cancer. Well, because you were told that. Yes. But even before I was told that, that, Oh, you're too young. It never crossed my mind that uh, endometrial cancer was something I need to be aware of the symptoms. I mean, I I even know as a 36 year old now that if I bleed, when I use the restroom, something's bad is going on, right? Like 
there if there's blood on the toilet paper and there shouldn't be it's not your time of the month whatever you need to see a doctor yeah. like that's well, pretty and, common and we talked about your um experience with your menstrual cycle and how similar it was to mine and to my mother's mm-hmm. um and so we never it was never on our radar that cancer it could be cancer that that it could have anything to do with cancer. It was just, this was a familial thing. You know, it was the way our periods were going to be and we were going to just need to suck it up. And we never thought cancer. If we had, we would have done things very differently, but we never had that information. Um, so that's why we think it's important to put it out there, not to scare people, um, but put enough information out to encourage people if they have these symptoms to investigate it further, to speak with the experts and to, you know, see their doctor and um, get checked out. Yeah, because I would say more often than not, it's probably not cancer. I mean, that's a pretty, you know, it's not so frequently diagnosed that um, you need to be concerned about it all the time, but it's just something to be aware of that. It, and that's our whole message, right? Yeah. To be aware of your body because you know your body best and your doctor might be able to read statistics and look at uh, your blood work and all of these tests and things. And they have that kind of knowledge from a book of what an average should be. But then they look at you and you know, you need to be able to express to them, well, I'm experiencing this symptom and I'm experiencing that symptom and I'm concerned about this. And I think that it, being able, having the knowledge of what those symptoms could be kind of empowers you to be able to speak about them to your physician. And we talked last week a little bit about Alex's um, latest appointment and how they forgot to schedule her blood work and how important that is. And you told me just this week about somebody you read about. Yeah. So there was a, um, one of our peaches on the peach page, um, who posted that she, um, had been NED or non, uh, no evidence of disease for five years. And they, I think did annual blood work and included her, uh, CA 125 and it came back high. And, um, so they are scheduling a biopsy. So, you know, it can last. We This was my mother's way to plug in <laughs> on a public forum of you can always still have this cancer. It's always you need to be thinking about it. You're not done in five years. Well, And it's not to scare anybody. No. It's to be vigilant and to be aware and to do what you can. So much is out of our hands in life and especially in, in regard to our health that um, we need to do what we can mm-hmm. do. Yeah, for so sure. That was my only reason for going. Mm. No blood work this time. What's with that? Right. And I mean, good on them. They called and said, we forgot to do this. And here we are. We're going to do it again and, you know, make sure. And and they called me a few days later when the results came back and told me that everything was fine. Uh, my normal or my levels were normal. So that's a a good thing. But also, you know, we were thinking, how can we have the biggest impact with this letter? You know, we're two people who started a podcast a few years ago. Um, We don't have 
a huge reach, right? We were not uh, verified on Instagram or TikTok or anything. Um, but we, the people we have reached, um, we've gotten really great feedback from and they appreciate our content and we are so excited to continue doing that. But we just kept thinking, how can we do more and expand? And, um, we, we did it. We submitted the paperwork and we are just waiting now for the government to slowly churn its churn its wheels to tell us if we're approved or not um, for for a nonprofit, a nonprofit status to be down there where nonprofit 501c3 approved um, to be tax exempt, which will help us in. I think people taking us seriously of, you know, look, we're verified in this way. We're taking that step. Um, and then also in a fundraising perspective, we really want to do more um, to fundraise for uh, research opportunities and um, for uh, just moving the ball forward and getting the word out yeah. and getting the word out. So um, you may have noticed if you have visited our website down there, where.com, it looks a little bit different. We did a bit of a revamp. Oh, Alex, she did. The, <laughs> she did it. Well, I cheered her on. <laughs> it, it's fun for me, but mom, um, edits very well and, and has, I'm a, a, grammar Nazi. has a good I'm time <laughs> reading, um, and all of my, uh, grammar mistakes, but on there for the first time ever, we have a donation page. And while we're not yet approved, um, According to the IRS, we can collect donations and they will be retroactively tax exempt for your own tax purposes in this uh, calendar year when that time comes up next year um, once we're approved. So um, if you so feel so um, moved, uh, head on over to our website down and make a donation of any size. Every penny of that money goes to women who have gynecologic cancers, the research involved, getting the word out, the advocacy, and this new project of getting what we can and information about gynecologic cancers on feminine hygiene products. And we'll keep you posted on um, how that progresses with Procter & Gamble. We um, may get to a place where we ask for signatures to... Um, kind of bulk up the uh, efforts, but um, we're going to start with a letter to them and and just kind of see their response. And, you know, one of the interesting things that I hadn't really thought about that mom mentioned after um, the first draft of the of the letter was done, she said, what if they just do it? And like, you know, they don't respond to us or whatever but then we just notice that they do it first off i don't know how we'll notice because i don't buy feminine products anymore and neither neither do do i (laughs) (laughs) but we'll keep an eye out at the store um and maybe our loyal listeners will fill us in if they see anything let us know if your labels change on your feminine (laughs) products um but i you know thought about it and i said i don't really care it doesn't as long yeah, as it happens. As long as it happens, it doesn't I don't need matter. my name on it. I don't need down there wear on it. I just want it to happen so that in the future, other young women don't wait around for years in pain and agony and with all of these symptoms waiting to be diagnosed with something down the road. And I was fortunate that it was still stage one. And that's what I was going to say. If they are going to be diagnosed and could be diagnosed sooner, so the treatment is more in their favor um, and not so drastic, then 
that's all the more reason. Well, and there are, and I know we've talked about this, but there are several precancers associated with endometrial cancer. Um, that often are treated with fertility sparing treatments, whether that be hormone therapy or um, through IUDs or um, injections or things like that. Often they're treated with regular spaced out DNCs to just clean out the precancer cells and to retest every few months. Um, but that was never an option for me. Now, when all of my symptoms really kicked up years before my diagnosis, maybe, you know, maybe if I had pushed further or knew that cancer was a potential option for, you know, how I was feeling. And I had pushed for those uh, kinds of tests, you know, who knows hindsight's 2020, but, um, I don't want, I, I want other women who to be informed so that they can catch it as early as possible. And that's, that's what the effort to get some kind of labeling on feminine hygiene products that's what it's all about is to inform and educate and encourage people to get checked out if they're having any symptoms. For sure. And all too often we see news articles. Mom and I share probably one or two a day yeah. of young women, whether it's breast cancer, ovarian cancer, cervical cancer, endometrial cancer, bowel cancer of a woman who's less than 40 who's been diagnosed. It was a shock to them that they were diagnosed and they're just trying to get the word out that you it can happen to you, too. Um, and it, it doesn't seem so much like an anomaly anymore that we really need to, to work hard. Um, you know, they did it with cigarettes. Now it's more of a surgeon general warning about the, the health benefit or health, not benefits of smoking. <laughs> the risks. The risks. That's the word. <laughs> um, but it, uh, you know, it's important that people know what they're using. Um, and also know, you know, if you have a period and you're going to need products, maybe you should learn a little bit more about feminine health because it's certainly not being taught in our schools. <laughs> <laughs> well, nor should it really be <laughs> taught in our schools. But um, anyway, we're really hoping that that um, takes off and Procter & Gamble will step up and do something um, and we'll keep you posted about what is going on with that. Yeah, we're really excited about it. So um, I think that it, we have a lot of cool stuff coming up. Um, we are in touch with a few folks who will be um, interviewing in the next few months. And we have a really cool um, uh, project is not the right word, but series um, coming up. We have decided what we're going to do for while we are in Germany next month. So we're pretty uh, pumped about that. But please give us a like and follow on our new YouTube channel. Uh, we're starting to add more content to our TikTok page. Um, so go over there. We're down there aware everywhere. If you just Google down there aware or put it into the search bar of any of your social platforms, we are there. So thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Down There Aware. Be sure to like and subscribe on 